Hello, and welcome to the Food Freedom Body Love Podcast. I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a licensed registered doctor of naturopathic medicine and the creator of the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a system for helping both adults and children make peace with their bodies, weight, and relationship with food so they can pursue health in the most relaxed and enjoyable way. Hey, and welcome back to the Food Freedom Body Love podcast. I'm Jillian Murphy, and today we're on day, ooh, I think 64 of the 85-day mini-sode experiment marathon project, whatever you want to call it. So I am working my way towards my 40th birthday, which is on June 24th, and I am podcasting about the process of making peace with food and our bodies almost every single day for 85 days. So I just, I started this on April 1st and it, it's, it's been really rewarding and challenging. And today it's, you know, it's four minutes to 10 PM. I've been up since five 30. It's, it feels challenging. And yet I just love doing this so much that, you know, there was like a little part of me that was like, Oh, I could just let it go. You know, like It's not going to be the end of the world. The world will keep turning, you know, but I just really do actually love doing it, even when it's challenging and even when I'm tired and even when there's a lot going on. So thanks to those who are sticking with me. Thank you for inspiring me to keep doing these. Um, Yeah. And I, and I didn't want to miss today because I want to talk about health a little bit more this week and a few topics around health and I wanted to use all my days, all my five days of the week. So anyway, so today what I want to talk about first thing around health this week is I want to discuss the fact, bring up the subject or the topic around the fact that in my world, which is the health at every size, competent eating, anti-diet world, that intentional weight loss is not considered a health promoting strategy. And so what I mean by that is, is setting out with the goal to lose weight is not considered ever in my world, backed by research to be something that is good for your health. And so before I go any further, because I'm going to really dig into this, but I just want to like give you the summary first before people like go off the rails, like, but wait, but wait, it does matter. I just want to say this. That does not mean that I'm against weight in general, or I don't believe that there are ever people who will lose weight. All it means is that making the decision to pursue weight, weight loss intentionally is not considered to be a health promoting strategy. And I'll talk about why in a minute. Conversely, if we participate in health promoting strategies. So things that are actually good for our health. Weight loss is a possible outcome. So if you start to change your behaviors, if you feel like you're not behaving in a healthy way and you start to change your behaviors to feel better in your body and in your life, there is the possibility that you would lose weight. And if that were to happen as a potential outcome, cool. But the whole point of all of the work that I do is that we're not 
in control of that outcome. Weight loss is an outcome and we're not control in control of the outcome. We're only in control of our behaviors. And so it's just as possible that you could shift your behaviors and behave better in your body and in your life and for your weight to stay the same. And for some women, especially those who have been restricting themselves for long periods of time, when they begin to participate in health promoting strategies, they can even put on weight. Like that is something that can happen. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the fact that weight loss is an outcome. It's not a strategy. It's not a behavior. It's not an action, right? Our weight is just, it lands where it lands depending on our actions and our genetics and our values and our history and our Like there's just so many factors at play that play into where our weight falls based on our actions and who we are genetically, et cetera. So it's an outcome. Anyway, I'm belaboring this a little bit, but I just want to make sure I'm super clear about that before we dig into the fact that I do not consider weight loss to be a health promoting strategy because sometimes people think that that means that like I'm going to be really down on someone who were to lose weight. And that's not it at all. I just don't want someone harming themselves in the pursuit of weight loss because they believe it's something that will make them healthier, right? I want them to pursue health for health's sake, not weight loss for health's sake. So, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop beating this to death and I'm going to just move on. Um, Here we go. It would be interesting to actually take a look at when I record these podcasts and how rambly and long they are, because <laughs> I do think that I definitely get more rambly when I am more tired. There's a difference between the podcast I record at 10.01 p.m. on a Monday night versus like at 9 a.m. on Friday morning, you know, when I'm like super on the ball. Anyway. I'll try and keep this short and sweet because really I just, the whole point of this is to get you thinking, right? These podcasts are not meant to exhaustively explore any of these topics. They're just meant to sort of bring them up and get you thinking. So what got me thinking about this topic is um, I posted, I did a post about my definition of healthy living, having the resources, the energy, the motivation, the vitality to do the things in life that are important to me to be able to have fun, to have the time and the space to relax and enjoy, to feel like I'm challenged, that I'm growing and contributing, to have a certain level of consistency in my life, as well as the tools to manage all of the surprises that life throws my way. Um, What I said was health is mental, physical, and emotional. It's whole and it's influenced by the food that I eat, but not defined by it. It's not all or nothing. It's a spectrum and my body's constantly providing me with feedback as to where I am on that spectrum. When I've had too much, when I need more, what I need more or less of, my body speaks to me and I do my best to listen. So what I was doing was just trying to challenge people to think about their own definition of health and where they're, what, what health encompasses. And so I had um, a woman who I know who's a coach, like a life, a life coach. 
And I really love her. She's really amazing. She's a super cool woman. And she posted this really neat comment. She was talking about like someone came up to her um, and, and said to her, you look like you've gained weight. And she wrote this really amazing post about the fact that she just looked this woman in the eye. She wrote, I put my hand gently on her shoulder and I asked, what is your intention with telling me that? And the woman said, you know, I don't know. I guess I've just never seen you at this weight before. So I was wondering why I was thinking something might be wrong. I was worried about you. And this woman said, well, I just gave her a hug and I shared how different that sounded and felt for me that telling me that I gained weight came across as judgmental, um, while sharing that she was worried about me came across as loving. So it was a really interesting post about correcting someone in real time when they're talking about your weight and, you know, what's your intention? And if there's something that you're trying to ask me or say to me, you know, there are ways for you to say that without commenting on appearance. So that was like a really, it was like a pretty interesting, inspiring post. And then she went on to talk about her own emotional and spiritual well-being. And she mentioned that striving to be healthy includes an attempt to manage her weight, but that it's become the least important priority to her while moving through her life and the adversities that she faces. And so I just kind of let it go. Because I feel like I don't encourage people to manage their weight because again, I don't feel that weight is a health promoting strategy, but I feel like she was just sharing that that's still part of her thought process. Like it still exists in her thought process, but she's been able to push it to the bottom of the ladder. And for some people, you know, I've talked about this before. I want people to take weight as a metric of success totally off the table, but that can be hard especially as we move through certain stages of this. And so if you're someone who can push it all the way to the bottom (laughs) and understand that it's still there and it still exists for you, but you can behave in a healthful way, despite the fact that it's still there, I consider that a win. So I just left it alone. But then it was interesting because someone wrote, you know, thank you. This was so inspiring. And, um, she wrote back again, She talked about the joys of just living your life, but then she wrote, I agree that if one's health is compromised due to weight, that's a whole other issue. So she brought up the weight and health thing again. And so it inspired me to talk about this today because again, I believe that weight and health become conflated and people believe that they're the same thing. And that you can know how healthy someone is by looking at them and seeing their weight. And it's just not true. For almost every spectrum of weight into really high BMI ranges, you can find people that are healthy by all objective standards. And you can find people in almost all of the ranges of weight who are not healthy by objective standards. And when we see sort of like consistently unhealthy people at any weight, it tends to be when they're very, very, very low weight, as well as very, 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 very high weight. So when we get into really extremes and you get there a lot faster for the record with low weight, too low of weight becomes detrimental to health much faster than high. So we should we we need to stop conflating the two. And then the other thing to remember is even if they are linked in some way because as with all of our 
physical attributes, I feel like there are some connections, right? There have to be some connections. Um, even if we, even if they're mild and they're not that major, if you want to just acknowledge the fact that weight may play a role in some health conditions, again, for the diehards out there, I just want to make sure that you're clear that I'm not saying that, that weight is this major issue. I'm just sort of saying that it's, it's a factor that we have to factor in. Um, and we have to factor too low of weight in just as much as too, too high of weight potentially. But if we do want to acknowledge that on some level, weight may be affecting health, we need to first and foremost realize and acknowledge and, and accept the reality of the fact that we do not currently have any consistent ways to help people lose weight long term. Like that's a fact of the matter. So even if you want to be like, yeah, 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 but yeah, but weight has to play a role. Too low and too high has to play a role. Sure, but we don't know how to get someone to lose weight that isn't potentially damaging to their mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And so we pretty much just have to take it off the table right away. Intentional weight loss, we just have to take off the table right away because there's just, there's no evidence that there's a way to help people, to intentionally help people lose weight long-term. It only ever works for very, very, very small percentages of the population. And what we're understanding even more now when we follow up in these studies on people who have, you know, quote unquote, successfully lost weight long-term, it tends to be small amounts of weight and they tend to be weight cycling, meaning they're not actually maintaining weight loss. They're like, they're like, um, losing the weight through force and then they relax a little bit and their weight starts to go back up and then they force again and they relax and the weight goes back up and they force again. So people who seem to on the outside be maintaining weight loss are actually weight cycling and weight cycling we are finding is incredibly hard on the body. Um, so in addition to the fact that there's no proven way to lose weight long term, which just means like, then we have to stop trying to force people to do it. <laughs> if we understand that there's very little chance that there's going to be a long-term positive outcome and a very big chance that there's going to be a long-term negative outcome, right away, it's not a health promoting strategy, right? And then it was interesting because again, based on this interaction that happened, I was inspired to write a newsletter about all of the things that we still don't know about weight loss and health. Because as I wrote in the newsletter, because weight loss for so long has just been widely accepted as positive and an exceptionally good thing, there are lots of areas of weight loss and health that haven't really been studied very thoroughly. Because it's like everybody's just thinking that it's a good thing to do. So no one's, no one's digging into it. And so I read a few examples from Marilyn Wan's book, Fat So. It's like fat exclamation point. So question mark. It's such a good book. I highly recommend buying it. And I'm just going to um, read a few examples from her book about things that we still don't know. So what we do know for sure about intentionally pursuing weight loss for health is that there's no evidence that any but a, any but a small number of people can lose weight and keep it off long term. We know for sure that intentional weight loss efforts are 
the cause of many negative food and exercise behaviors. And we know that abnormal weight gain, not weight loss, is the most likely long-term outcome of intentional weight loss efforts. So that's what we know for sure. But what's equally interesting to me are the number of things that we still don't know or understand about weight loss. So here are some examples. Number one, we don't know, and these are Marilyn Wan's words, not mine, okay? We don't know whether making fat people thinner will make them healthier. From the New England Journal of Medicine, what they say about this, we simply do not know whether a person who loses 20 pounds will thereby acquire the same reduced risk as a person who started out 20 pounds lighter. The few studies of mortality among people who voluntarily lost weight produced inconsistent results. Some even suggested that weight loss increased mortality, meaning weight loss actually increased the chance of death, not decreasing it. The second thing we don't understand or know very much about, we don't know if weight loss itself is unhealthy. From the New England Journal of Medicine, what they had to say is, To add insult to injury, the latest magical cures are neither magical nor harmless. And so they're basically identifying that many intentional weight loss programs, recommendations, guidance, and advice are actually quite detrimental to health. Not good for us. Third example. We don't know whether the health problems commonly associated with being fat are actually caused by the fat or whether they're caused by factors that go along with being fat. Stuff like yo-yo dieting, poor health care, the stress of being targeted by prejudice, low self-esteem, prolonged exposure to double-knit polyester, and so on. That's a joke, obviously, from Maryland, because access to clothing is so challenging. Um, From the New England Journal of Medicine, many studies fail to consider confounding variables, which are extremely difficult to assess and control for in this type of study. For example, mortality among obese people may be misleading, misleadingly high because overweight people are more likely to be sedentary and of low socioeconomic status. And so all they're sort of saying is fat exists at the same time as other variables and we blame fat all the time but it could be the other variables that are actually the bigger factor and whether weight changes or not if we work on the other variables we could reduce mortality or risk of death without needing to change weight and that's a really big deal because we still don't know how to change weight long term right that's a big deal to consider other variables but again we've been so focused as a society on weight that we haven't been looking at these other variables properly. And the last, the fourth and last thing that I'm going to mention in terms of what we don't know, we don't know the long-term risks of dieting, diet pills, or weight loss surgeries. So this is what I was sort of talking about before. From the New England Journal of Medicine, actually, based on all the medical literature, we do know some of the long-term health risks of these practices. They should be enough to warn any sensible person to avoid them. Who wants to risk gallbladder disease, osteoporosis, lowered libido, depression, anemia, hair loss, weight gain, eating disorders, loss of essential nutrients, deadly lung disease like primary pulmonary hypertension, valvular disease of the heart, gangrene of various internal organs, liver failure, and death. So 
that's the New England Journal of Medicine just listing some of the risks that we do know are involved in intentional weight loss. So all of this to say that the food for thought for today is just to consider the fact that it's not like, oh yeah, I'm body positive and I'm anti-diet and whatever, as long as weight's not affecting my health or your health or whoever's health. You know, we need to be steadfastly in the anti-diet health at every size range, no matter what. Because first of all, even if health is playing a role, or sorry, even if weight is playing a role in health, we do not know how to ethically and effectively help people lose weight long-term, most people. And second of all, there are a whole bunch of question marks when it comes to weight and health that we still don't know the answers to. And so what we need to be doing, I circle back to this over and over and over again, is focusing on health promoting behaviors. So that's your food for thought for today. How can you focus on health promoting behaviors and take weight loss out of that category? How can you resolutely 100% take weight loss as defined as a health promoting strategy out of your brain and your vocabulary and your belief system starting today? There are so much, there are so many things that we know. There are so many things that we don't know, all of which adds up to it's time to start doing things and start doing things differently and start looking at the challenges that are associated with people who have more weight on their body in a different way and start acknowledging the challenges of those who are underweight, right? Okay, that was a lot. That was a long one. Um, So I'll just leave you with that for today. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Have a wonderful Monday evening and I'll be back tomorrow with more health, more around health and weight. Have a great night. 